Cradeline Network. As well as Judge Red branded specials, annuals, and yearbooks. And to that end, we're looking at the 1994 Judge Dread Mega Special. This is the seventh Dread Special, and the price is once more stayed the same this year at £1.75. But enough of pounds and pence, because I want to introduce my guest for this episode, Tony Esmond. Never heard anything, <laughs> the Awesome Comic Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's <laughs> like the Muppets, man. Oh, you know, <laughs> listen. Imagine me, yeah, just sort of fl- arms flailing the, around um, and things like that. Yes. Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for inviting me, man. I know we talked about this ages ago, didn't we? It's taken a while for us to get around to it. So yeah, I'm glad Absolutely. to be here. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, we've we've just bumped into each other a bunch of these different commerce conventions and things around England. And definitely, you know, I know you've got a lot of uh comics knowledge and history. So so really wanted to get you on the show to talk about Well, it's very kind of you. Mostly eggs. I talk rubbish, my friend. But uh yeah. Yeah, we've we've done a couple of cons together, haven't we? We've been yeah. to Lawless, I think, when we saw you at as well. Yeah, we were I? at uh, yes, yeah, so Lawless. I think we were at one in uh, in a Coventry and another one in, in Nottingham. Oh, yeah, I of think. Yeah, I all forgot sorts about that of Coventry one. Yeah, yeah. All these different, all these English towns. Man, I'm seeing <laughs> seeing the country through the various country. comic book things. You know. Um, yeah, so we've seen you. So we've seen each other around these different conventions and things like that. Yep, we have. Yeah, yep. I've bored you nonstop at my table. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, listen, I'm happy to. Once you know, once you once once you once you've met someone and they're a familiar face, then it's sort of like, all right, like let's hang out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's I like that sort of idea of having a table where people can just sort of hang out. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, yeah. We never sell any comics, so I may as well make fun, you know, have a fun day. That's how it works. Oh, for us. you know. You know. Come on. <laughs> sure, it's okay. Um, but yeah, so can, can can you tell me a little bit just about sort of sort sort of your setup and uh, and, and the podcast you do and things? Uh, yeah, thanks, man. So I mean, I'm always been I've always been a comics reader, I suppose, and it sort of went in stages since I was a kid. You know, we had um, Marvel UK and onwards from there, and then. I sort of got into doing some comics in the late nineties, early two thousand, making some, and then mm. the dude I made them with sort of travelled off to America. He fell in love with an American girl, moved out there. We were still great friends, but the so we, I, I have no technical ability. You may surprise you, Conrad, but um, <laughs> so I um, I started writing. So I, I, in fact, I wrote for a website that's um, run by the one of the writers in this magazine. We're magazine. We're going to be talking about. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So he's a friend of mine. Um, and, and then I sort of got approached by Vince and Dan, and they said, well, you know, we're going to do this podcast. Do you fancy joining in? And and that was just, it'll be eight years in June, I think. Um, so oh, it's wow. been running quite a while. And we do it every week. We we, we do it for a chuckle. Um, it concentrates on small press, but we, we have had, I mean, Pat, Pat Mills is a regular. Um, mm. uh, the We just had Mark Miller on. Des Skin's been on. You know, this sort of thing. So we do oh, have fantastic. we do have some great English and British creators on. Um, but also we try to focus on small press. So a lot of people like Pat and Des and Mark coming on, they give them advice about writing. David Hine, we had Kavan Scott on this week and um, uh, and, a few, and a few other people like that. So they come on and give them a bit of advice and then we'll, later on we'll get somebody on who's like a new a new creator and stuff like that or someone who's just like pushing the envelope a bit, I think, which seems to be the area 
small press and underground in the UK, and especially the US at the moment, tends to be the, the space that we're sort of interested in. But from a point of view of a 2000 AD fan, I'm not a prog one you know, much to my mm-hmm. shame. Um, I'm an annual one. So I started on the oh, annual. Nice. Yeah, I think that's where I first fell in love with it. Um, so I got the first annual, um, and I, I don't know whether I got the first annual first or I got a couple of progs and then got the annual. It's hard, you know, the mists of time. But, mm. um, yeah, I've kind of been on and off with it since then. I'm I'm a subscriber now um, and have been for about the last 10 years or so, I suppose. Um, this period we're going to talk about yeah. today. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> my, my second question is, is do you remember this period? I know that, you know, the mid-90s is a bit of a, bit of a dark age for 2018. Yeah, yeah, I I do, and I was dipping in and out of it and buying it from news agents and to, um, the Food and Planet, etc. at the time. But I didn't have a subscription. It wasn't on a pull list. It was just I used to buy it when I saw it. Um, I bought the first magazine, and then I would sort of kind of dip in and out of it. In fact, didn't you get the first magazine when I was with you? Weren't we at a comic shop? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, well, yeah. We, were at a, we were at a comic shop, and um, I went to um, – and, like, the, in their, um, like, sort of uh, – well, it, it was like five comics or it was like six comics for five pounds or something. That's right. Like that. yeah, it was yeah, like their yeah. remaindered thing. And, and they had the first like six magazines in there. And That's right. Yeah. It's I was nice like, to well, find that, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, dip, like I'll take, you know, I'll take those for five, you know, I'll get like some, you know, America and young death or whatever for, <laughs> yeah, for five yeah. pounds. That's fine. You know, in their, in their original formats and stuff. Yeah, it's a nice little find. That's a good day, actually. We went to a little exhibition, and we Steve did an exhibition that day. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. So from 2018, I read it every week. I love, I love, I'm loving it at the moment. Actually, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. I think the Joe Pineapples thing and stuff like that. I'm, I'm really digging it. Um, the Christmas special was great. Um, oh, absolutely. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, a real high point for me. You know, I think I got something in my eye during that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, during this period, no, I wasn't reading everything. And the one you've asked me to read, um, I, I, there was a good chance I could have owned it. So I did have to sort of scrabble through you know, long, <laughs> long Box Mountain. Right. But uh, um, I didn't have it. So I ordered it off eBay. Yeah. And, and got it that way. Um, and um, yeah, I've been reading it this week and sending you messages about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's very much, it's we're very much, yeah, it's a very specific time. And this feels yeah. like, yeah. you know, I feel like I'm talking, I end up talking a lot about like through this podcast, I were just seeing comics in the nineties being <laughs> doing it like sort of with the distinctive look. And it's a look that's very, it's got a lot of nostalgia for me. Cause it's when I really started re- uh, uh, oh, reading okay. comics as a kid, I guess, you know, I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14 as these comics are coming out. And even if I wasn't reading like the magazine or, or 2000 AD, I was reading, you know, sort of the, the state side, you know, I was reading all these X-Men and Spider-Man and so and image and Spider-Man and and image, yeah. Yeah, image coming out, you know, Jim Lee doing his Jim Lee and, 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 and Todd McFarlane thinking they can teach us a thing or two, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, and it's got that it's it's sort of you know things have that feel. I mean, especially as we start off. But like you know, it's it's really interesting to me of just sort of of the of the some of the uh, the formats bringing you know having nostalgia, even if the actual like the specific stories don't. I guess. Yeah, it's amazing. It's some stuff that's perhaps not as good as it mm. might not have been if it's from that period. You know, where you were just a kid and digging it. It's it's got quality. I mean, I used to oh, say. Yeah, you know, I mean, I yeah. always. 
I read some I I read some quote that was like uh, the golden age of the golden era of sci-fi is whenever you were twelve years old. Basically. Yeah, I agree with that, and I feel the same way about comics, man. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I, we, I've talked with a couple of people about that. I know um, Eamon, who's our mutual friend, he, he, we've mm. chatted about it as well. And I really do feel that there's comics from when I was twelve. I can remember like every panel is like burning into my yeah. Bible, you know? I think yeah, I think a lot of there's a lot of that stuff that's sort of whatever its quality is you like imprint on it in a formative part of your life and it becomes it becomes your gold standard sort of whatever else happens as as your life continues i think yeah i think you're right man yeah those issues of fem force you know <laughs> oh my all right <laughs> right cool fantastic yeah so let's get going into this here special i guess yeah um for the on, on the cover, we got this uh, big chinned Greg Staples dread on a golden background. Yeah, I was almost polishing this one, man. You know, you could see your, it's like a shoe, isn't it? This you could see your face in there if, if you gave it a quick rub. I reckon. Fantastic. I'm most I'm on digital here, but is it actually shiny? This this cover. Uh, in real I don't life, know. It's, pre- it's mine's a pretty battered copy, but there's a good chance it could be. I think. Yeah. Do I remember yeah, that just- era of like foil covers and things like that? Yeah, it's not quite that bad. Not but, yeah, quite that crazy. No yeah, holograms yeah. to be seen. I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and the, and there's text on it saying that this is Britain's first truly interactive comic. comic because you can vote on the heroes of tomorrow, and that's going to be through a telephone poll. Yeah. Again, something calling something truly interactive. I remember that in the 90s. Well, <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Record. Um, the inside editorial explains that there's phone numbers to be called at the end of the issue to vote on your favorite story, and that the winners will earn a spot in the magazine. And I'll tell you now that the uh, the results were published in Volume Two, Issue Fifty Eight of the mega- of the of the magazine. But we'll talk about what those results actually were when we get to the end of the of the episode. Oh, good, because don't spoil that for me. Because I purposely said, "Don't tell me." Yeah, yeah. I might I might have a guess. Absolutely, is what I yeah. like, and then obviously what I think might have been voted. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think I think there's a difference between what your top thrill is and what you think that you know people reading this comic in 1994 might have thought the top yeah, thrill was. Exactly. For instance, yeah, yeah, very much so. Yep. <laughs> so then we've got that. You know, all the credits for all of the uh, co- all the stories and stuff, and then we get started with story one, Judge Dredd. Uh, script about Robbie Morrison, art robots, Adrian Salmon, and Jim Vickers, letting robot Tom Frame. Yeah. So this story is called Sinned in City, and it starts, it's very obviously going for that uh, Sin City look and feel, complete with like a uh, craggy-faced, bandage-covered protagonist wearing a trench coat, running through the city as it, uh, through the rooftops of the city in the rain, constantly narrating things. <laughs> Um, it's, but it's quickly clear that it's also kind of taken the piss out of Sin City, like making fun of that tense neo or that terse neo-noir style. And there's a early part where a character's like, Hey dude, like, I can't understand what you're saying. Cause you're just talking in captions. Like I can't read those. <laughs> yeah. We learn that this guy, that this uh, protagonist looking for his Sunday girl, his everyday girl, Blondie. She was a nice girl, but nice girls shouldn't explode. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not so subtle, is it? This one. 
it's yeah. Very, yeah. Well, I mean, I, sorry. I, I want to get to the end because I got a sort sorry, of long term. Long term. Yeah. No, 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 no. I just, I, I just want to shoot my load, I guess. But yeah. So then <laughs> we cut to more standard, um, like a uh, judge dread look, but with a Jim Vickers in full color as we see a trail of bodies leading into a, into a building called the love shack and dread investigating <laughs> maniac. Melvin mile high is a completely colorblind hitman hitman with the lowest IQ for a perp that they've seen in 10 years. <laughs> He's killed a bunch of people at the love shack as dread looks at a burst sex doll that has apparently had been covered. It been made with human hair and skin, which is messed up. Uh, <laughs> Back in uh, in Adrian Salmon mode, and he's doing the uh, this Sin City riff. We see Melvin fight his way past guards and guard dogs at the Casanova Vid Model Agency. As Melvin explains, he has trouble with big words and sentences. That's a pretty solid like wordplay where he's like he doesn't like big words, and when big words are put in two combinations like they do in the ISO cubes, you know, sentences. Ah, but um bum. Um, anyway, he uh, bursts into the office and we see Dredd on the way as well. And still no one can understand his captions talk. Uh, Dredd comes bursting in, but neither running Melvin down with his bike nor a bullet to the head stops Calvin. His, you know, shoot him in the head. <laughs> his brain does not cause a problem. Um, a bike cannon to the chest does the does take him out, though, as Kelvin as as Melvin then falls into a storage room full of sex dolls, and dies in his sort of heaven. Nothing's harder boiled than the law in this town, creep. <laughs> it's a dream of us all to fall ah. into a room of sex dolls. Firstly, I'd like to say you're winding me up again. I know the way you like to say muscles and stuff like that. Yeah. You're doing that with salmon, aren't you? A yeah, little you're doing bit. <laughs> that ale, you know? <laughs> salmon, sure. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know you know. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um. Can I point out that the love shack is a penis? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's the shape of the building is very specific design. Absolutely. Yeah, flared <laughs> at the top. Mm, I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this the more I read it, Conrad. I'll be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I first off, I hated it. I'll be honest with you. I thought as we as we had a little chat before we started recording, this looked to me like a comic drawn with rulers. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Just the uh, that it. It's sort of a takeoff of that rain effect of uh, the Frank Miller Sin City. That yeah. is just very a yeah. lot of straight white lines in one direction here, for sure. Yeah, and it is extremely on the nose. Oh know? yeah, um, but then again, you expect it, and and you know, there's there's no getting around the fact that 2000 AD has a has a lovely little nest built already in satire. So this, you know, it's it's, it's fair game to me. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I feel like I was down on this story initially because, like, for the first maybe page, because I was like, oh god, it's, we're just doing like a like a Sin City pastiche here or whatever. And then it quickly became clear that it was sort of making fun of Sin City, basically, yeah. or just you know that the idea was taking this character, this kind of character, and putting it in, you know, making it be sort of a, a comedy strip in. Using the uh, the the markers for Sin City in it, I guess. Yeah, I get you. I wonder if Frank Miller ever saw it. It'd be interesting to know, find out, wouldn't it? Maybe, maybe his it. eventual maligned dread um, pictures, sort of. Oh with yeah, big, of course. With the yeah, big yeah. foot is a long term revenge or something like that. Maybe we've discovered it. Nice work. <laughs> we see. I see you. Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. <laughs> 
yeah. Good. So I kind of liked it. I, it was okay for me. I, first off, I thought, oh, God. And then mm. I kind of got a bit more into it. It's improved by the, the moments of coloured reality that it throws in. You know, yeah, I like the the alternating the like I like a good like sort of fantasy world, real world sort of like flip between one and the other kind of kind of story. I think that's really cool in comics, just because panels make that so so stark. I guess, yeah, you just sort of like wonder like what's going on in in reality or what's going on in the dream world or whatever else. And there's very few places that could do it outside of comics, isn't there? You know, when you think this is this is specially done this is the only place it could really happen and i also me and dan and vince are big lovers of the um the possibility that one day we can have sex dolls sex robots you know and this kind of leads a bit into that theme a favorite of ours sex robots coming to your town you know it's a whole thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) after that there's yeah so after that there's a few filler pages of the judge dread magazine index all the vital information for one and two of the magazine up to issue 49 Sort of pre-internet stuff, wasn't it? That's exactly what that, yeah. yeah. Like, it's definitely filler, but it's, like, important filler because the internet doesn't exist. You can't, like, look it up on various, like, wikis or things like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Kids don't know they're born these days. Yeah, it's, man, like, you know, just the idea of having to, like, make your own databases and things like that for these (laughs) comics. Yeah, yeah. Write out all those Blake Seven episodes again in a notebook. That's what you do. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and there's always, and it, but, but it, and it becomes a checklist or like a, then the also past thing of just, you know, having a lost issue or episode of a show that you'll never see and, you know, yeah. waiting desperately for reruns to come. And, you know, inevitably you've got to go to your brother's soccer game when this one, you know, when that one episode <laughs> yeah. of The Simpsons you haven't seen comes on or something. That. Yeah, it's that Lemonhead song, isn't it? What is it? What if it? What if something's shown on TV and I ne- I never see it again? You mm-hmm. know, they say, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, cool. sort of. I mean, it's like these. I get these comics as well, just where you know things aren't being reprinted or anything like that. Like you know, if you sort of if you can't find the comic or find someone with the comic, you might be SOL for some of these stories. <laughs> I'm sure 2018 have have reprinted Sinned in City at some point. You know, I yeah. mean, listen, I'll tell you something. I. I I saw someone showed me a graph of the of like reprints versus versus not reprinted things, and this era of the nineties is of course is the least reprinted period. <laughs> what culling crew? That's been reprinted. Ah, oh, indeed. <laughs> Story two: culling crew. <laughs> Script about Dave Stone, art robot Steve Sampson, learning about Annie Parkhouse. This is the biggest. This is the longest story in the special with seventeen pages and. I really didn't know that going in. So I like halfway through, I was like, oh my, I had counted them. It was like, oh my God, it's going. Yeah. <laughs> in 2116, in the Chinatown portion of Britsit, a lady with big red, pit, red pigtails and sunglasses walks past the, the, walks past the crowd to a food stand where she and an old man exchange Japanese characters and he hands her a bag. Meanwhile, at the Crux and Sata Club, a smoking man named Kung, named Kung um, complains he's lost three shipments in two days as another man, Mr. Kane, eats an olive and says that it's sorted and that they'll pull, they'll put Solon and his jack boys down if they act up. You know, very, whatever, illegal, um, you know, machinations here as a woman. And we now see that, you know, she's got this coat and just kind of wearing a bra and leather hot pants underneath it as well. Thigh high boots walks through the back of the club, comes up behind Mr. Kane and blows half of his head off with the pistol. It's pretty excellent. You know, not quite eyeballs, very close to. 
Um, Meanwhile, some Britsit judges arrest perps and move on as in the club, some bouncers attack the woman and we see she's got like a HUD, a heads up display in her sunglasses and she easily takes him out with like a cattle prod she's got in her boot. And big thing about this story is that we're using the future swear of Slitch for everything. Good times. <laughs> Love some portmanteau future swearing. Uh, <laughs> the judges on patrol talk briefly about, you know, the various um, criminal overlords that work in the background of the city as the bar fight in the club uh, sl- spills out into the streets. The judges try to arrest the redhead, but she throws her coat at them and then jumps off the roof of a building onto the top of a passing truck on the medway on the Megway below. One of the judges follows her, but the redhead, but when they sort of, you know, go get to the showdown, the redhead just asks if the judge wants to play and then lifts her up. It's a lady judge, lifts her up and decaps and decapitates her on an oncoming overpass. Which is fun. I'm a big fan of always up up for a decapitation back at the club judges are cleaning up and no one's telling nobody nothing um and when the judge who lost his partner checks the security cameras there's basically just like a second of um static when the hit is made basically she this lady is completely not caught on video um, meanwhile, the woman arrives back at her base. There's this giant supercomputer setup, seemingly run by this weird-looking, oddly formed blue guy who's sort of floating in a big dome and's got a lot of wires and stuff connected up to him. You know, very uh, you know c- cyberpunk uh, nerve center guy here. He says she's in trouble for killing a judge, but she's not worried. It's time to finish the job and kill that Solon guy that they were talking about. Meanwhile, at the new Old Bailey, which we've seen several times in the magazine, is, you know, the center of uh, Brit-sit law enforcement. Uh, judge Traven, who's the judge from before, is being stonewalled at all corners as he tries to investigate the case. This lady's being protected, seemingly. Meanwhile, in the hall of a sexy church... <laughs> it is, is a price <laughs> you know just we see a church and the main part it's of it is thing sort I of, think. yeah a lady with her boobs out sort of being wrapped around by a snake and stuff this <laughs> i know what kind of church this is it's the future yeah. you know yeah. this is the poison mind exactly <laughs> <laughs> um oh god Lost my place. Get, get with it. <laughs> sorry, comrade. sorry. I put you off. I'll, I'll no, you no. I, I messed myself up by calling it a sexy church. That's how it goes. Yeah. So <laughs> at the sexy church, Solon is learning about Mr. Kane's death. And then some guards show up with the redhead pretending to be a junkie in need. But when he, uh, uh, Solon tries to, you know, put the moves on her or whatever, she puts her hand into devil's horns, then jams them into Solon's eyes, which kill him, which is pretty solid. You know, the, the modified three stooges there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> At the new old Bailey, Traven talks to an older judge about the cover up and how, you know, something weird's happening and it's bothering him. But as he does, he just kind of he kind of gets sick and you know has some very solid throwing up sound effects. And the older judge says he just takes some downtime. And when he comes back, they'll deal with this. So Solon is dead, and the woman takes a guard's gun and starts shooting everybody. Floor plans for this church are streamed into her glasses, and she escapes into the night. As she does, though, a hover car with like one of them, you know, auto cannon Gatling gun things flies after her. 
but it seems that she's planned ahead for this and just sort of randomly pulls like a giant gun out from underneath a random like piece of sheeting that's on the ground. Okay. Which is lucky, you know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then shoots the, uh, shoots this hover vehicle down with a big old kablam. Um, later, Traven get uh, Judge Traven gets a call. Another judge saying that the bouncer from the nightclub has died and his interrogation transcripts are missing. He wakes up to see this mysterious woman standing over him. <laughs> she explains that sometimes people have to die and the judges can't be connected, so they send in a culling crew like her. <laughs> he tries to fight her, but she easily backhands him down sits on his face and explains that he's been making a lot of noise, drawing attention to the fact that a brewing drug war has just been doused by, you know, a mysterious super assassin killing the other uh, leaders of the various groups. <laughs> Tavern asks if she's going to kill him, and she he she just goes straight Ozymandias, um, saying that she infected him with microspores, so she killed him seven hours ago, and now she's just here to watch his final moments. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is a long one. Can I can I just say, was the whole of this a story to set up calling it the Culling Crew so that I died in your arms tonight? Is that the whole gig there? Oh no, you know the Definitely. Culling Crew. Yeah, it's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I admire that. You know, that's that's a, <laughs> right. a long yeah, form way crew. of telling it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Okay. I didn't get. I. I'm 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 not up with my new wave. It's terrible. <laughs> not getting these jokes. You can put it in the show notes. Absolutely. <laughs> the, oh, yeah. um, what did you think of this man? What What was your thoughts on it? I mean, it really like my first thought is always just my 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 feelings about Steve Sampson, the uh, the artist on this. I guess. Yeah. Um, and how I feel like he's imp- I, I feel like he's improved from when I first seen him like in Britsit babes I guess is his first big story yeah. in um in the magazine which because that one really felt like it was almost entirely made up of uh, basically pictures of fashion models that had had sort yes. of some extra stuff added on to them basically yeah I feels a bit and, like that to me it's a series of images this rather than yes. a sequential work yeah and you kind yeah. of and you get a sense that like especially the main characters like the, the the woman here you know very much like a specific model who had a, a couple different poses at a photo shoot and for the most part he's sort of you know working with those individual poses um to sort of yeah to great characters and same thing with like you know you see close-ups of faces that are definitely also from photo spreads or yeah, from solon's like that isn't he yeah yeah yeah, definitely. Existing faces and stuff. But yeah, a, a bunch of people. And and, 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 and that's very much the style of, of, of this artist. You know, at, at, at his best, it can sort of get close to, um, who's that artist? Nagin that did like that one Duran Duran album cover and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. I, that's like where it can get close to. But, on a, but like, I, I think he's gotten better at, drawing the stuff that's not from fashion pages I guess. yeah yeah i get the sense like for example the solon images he clearly didn't have a picture of the man's left eye mm-hmm. you know um it's always the, in shadow yeah it is isn't it yeah and also it's sort of um it reminds me a lot of, of of a lot of the stuff that was about at the time that we were also getting from stuff like marvel uk um with mm-hmm. that very sort of painterly cover work that you know didn't quite work but I, I sensed if you gave this dude a couple more years, you know, he'd yeah. be 
he'd be fine. Um, I've got no problem with reference and stuff like that. I think you've got. I think I'd be surprised if artists don't use reference, really. But you know, I think um, it I just really you, wears it on its sleeve that I think yeah, makes it, it a problem. You know, yeah, where it's yeah. sort of like you can like I'm not. You know, I'm. I don't know a ton about art. Like I'm very much just learning through the course of the podcast and stuff. But right away, you really just get a sense of how much these are. These are sort of cop. You know, have a very obvious origin in like a fashion spread or something like that. Yeah, and where he's having to do panels that he can't find images for, they're not as good. So the in the the pages, the page before she blows up the craft. Yeah, that that really shines out. You know, the soldiers. It, it's hmm. it's 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 not as good for that part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. It's one I hadn't read before. Um, it's very nineties music as well. You know, the hmm. especially that last page could be straight out of a. Um, you know, in a slightly different way, done by Shaky Kane in an issue of Deadline or something like that. For me. Hmm. Um, there's a, there's a touch of that there somewhere. Um, maybe. Yeah, that's that sort of thing. That sort of very cool rock and roll thing that people were probably drawn to at the time. You know, probably dug Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not my cuppa. I mean, I'm I'm quite vocal in the fact that when my when um 2000 AD went painted, I fell off a little bit. I didn't enjoy it as much. You know, my um mm. my favorite 2000 AD artist is um Ballard Nelly. Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, because I just love sure. that, and I think as much as you know, Bisley did push the push the envelope I, I didn't enjoy it quite as much just from a personal point of view so mm-hmm. this sort of slightly more colorful painterly and they were really going for it without perhaps having the skill required at the time but yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean generally i yeah I, th- I think the thing about samson is that i definitely like i respect sort of like taking the chance i guess or trying to do something that's not quite the same as, as you've yeah. seen before, I think. But yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think we've maybe. definitely seen his evolution or sort of, yeah, him him, him de- developing a skill even in the pages of the magazine, I think. It's, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, and this sort of long form is very Meg to me as opposed to mm-hmm. the prog, you know? Absolutely, um, yeah. So much of the, of, of the you know, not like, I, I think like the, like not counting when it's a full issue story every once yeah. in a while in, in the Meg or in, in the, in the Prague, I should say, but usually it's like the longest story is like 12 pages in 2018, yeah. I think, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It kind of almost wants to be Finn. I reread Finn recently, you know, when the hardback mm-hmm. came out and it almost kind of wants to be that good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's got that similar, I mean, it's another one of these sort of nineties, like invincible cool guy sort of stories i guess yeah 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 good that's a good one yeah they got let's keep going uh we we we, 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 we've gone very colorful let's uh remove some let's get let's up our contrast (laughs) with uh story three karen side division uh script robot john freeman art robot adrian salmon later about gordon robson so John Freeman, of course, uh, now the man behind Down the Tubes and the uh, yep. the comics website. Yeah, buddy of mine, John. Lo- love John. He's a good guy. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. love to, you know, cool to see folks f- f- folks you know in the pages for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had John on recently on our, our podcast and um, I found a couple of reviews he'd done in early fanzines and he, he he's a lot nicer now. <laughs> I, <can't tell> <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I said, John, you're like me. That was me back then. Yeah. Listen, you know, especially when you're, you know, when you're fanzining, you know, you got to have that poison tongue. I feel <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how you, right. you get noticed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. John's a dude. I got to tell you, he's all right. You know, me. Yeah. Now we're all old men with podcasts. It's more of a, it's more of a broad church, you know? You can sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Find the bright sides of things. <laughs> 
So in the wealthy Margaret Thatcher block of Mega City One, people still have problems. There's still crime. It's just more exotic. Oh, I'm sorry. Margaret Thatcher block. I feel like I don't have, you know, one of these celebrities they don't have to explain for block names. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> judge Karen, a side, uh, Karen with a Y, I should say, is a side judge we last met during the Raptar story in the early days of the magazine. And she's here with a normal judge investigating a murder of a billionaire collector of African relics seemingly killed by his robo butler. Well, well, yeah, Uh, Karen's getting some weird psychic feelings and stuff from the apartment and um, decides to scan the uh, the 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 victim's latest acquisition, a big old diamond. And when she does, it's full of like masked faces and angry voices calling her a defiler and a corrupter and say and, you know, just chanting, die, die, die over and over again as Suddenly, a spear comes flying out of nowhere and uh, impales Judge Karen's partner. She astral project. Karen astral projects to get a better view, finding a spirit called Impaka, a ghost with the image of the diamond on his chest. He explains he's the guardian of the Uncatho people, and that they're venge- they, they've declared vengeance on those who destroyed their land and stole their relics and. He's going to kill you, colonizer, and that kind of stuff. Uh, Karen tries to fight back, but he's way too powerful in the spirit realm. So thinking fast, she returns to reality and shoots the gem with a high X round, Indiana Jonesing the situation, and all. And the day is saved. Her part <laughs> an seems, easy solution. Easy yeah, solution. Yeah. You know, when in doubt, just shoot the thing that the ghost lives in, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either going to end really well or really badly. That's yeah, fine. you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll yeah. either be done or it'll get a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things for this for me, man, is Mr. Salmon's signature in that last panel is so uh, is so in your, in your face. Mm-hmm. I actually, when I scanned it, I thought, oh, is that a sign on a wall? Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, it's like a uh, like yeah, like a neon sign on the side of a building. Or background. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all for them getting credits and stuff, but yeah, you know, right. Calm down, son. Um, and the other thing is, I think I don't think he made enough of the diamond. You know, this is a a script that is crying out for reflective surfaces and experimentation, and mm-hmm. you'd be hard pressed to spot the bit. You know, the top of the last page there is you know a very yeah. basic diamond shape thing going on. You know. Um, right. I'm not sure if it's the right one for black and white, a story about a diamond like that, you know, when you've got it fracturing and breaking. Right, yeah, the and, idea of, yeah, of, of taking advantage of the sort of the refractions of the light and the yeah leveled surfaces and stuff. Yeah, I, I think especially because Sam and himself is so, like I sort of made a high contrast joke, I guess, but that's really what I, yeah. I think is the defining thing of, of his art style really are these really like – you know, only black, only white, really straight lines and stuff like that. Like, yeah. like it's very, very sharp differentiations. Like there's some gray in here when she's astral projecting that that, that I don't like because it sort of is against the art style. Almost. Yeah, it's um, he does a lot of Doctor Who stuff now, isn't he? I think I've seen online a lot, of, a lot of sort of that sort of retro Pertwee Baker kind of stuff, and I think that really suits it. Um, I really like that stuff of him. Um, yeah, I'm. I've written in my notes here, and I don't mean to be unkind by it, but it's underdrawn to me. There's mm-hmm. a, there's so much more possibilities in it that we're not seeing, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I, you know, one could maybe argue that 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 it's sort of the purpose purposefully of it, maybe. S- yeah. simplistic or something that they're really trying to have these 
Um, um, Eli on the show talks about negative space as having these sort of big open sections of of of, of black and white in the comic that are trying to be yeah. you know, arresting, I guess, or something like that. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's, it's there's very few pages that aren't anything more than five panels as I'm looking. Um, and I think bear in mind the Meg's the Meg's a bigger format. You know, you can, oh, I'm you sure, can, yeah, yeah, you can make, lot, more, there's make a, more of that. There's yeah. a lot of space to be used here if you want to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's um, it's, it's not my favorite. Yeah, it is what it is, man. You know, totally. You know, this is just yeah. a quick one, and again, you know, they're sort of just getting in again the that the Indiana Jones revel, um resolution is I feel like sort of a requirement of when you've on yeah. of these shorter ones, basically, you know. And you Judge Karen more, would have it's quick. Yeah. yeah, Judge Karen would have a whole different meaning now, wouldn't it? You know. Oh, absolutely. I, I would read that. This gem's manager, you know. <laughs> yeah, I would read that. I'd like that. Yeah, Judge Karen, God Almighty. Yeah, Ironically, right. with the um, with the Judge Hershey uh, haircut, things like that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, bossy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> And that moves us on into our next story, and the other big one in this uh, in this special story for sumos and sporans. Script about Robbie Morrison, art robot David Milgate, lettering robot Tom Frame. And I feel like, listen, I've got most of it, but this is one of these ones where it's like, ah, yes, Scottish stuff. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's quite. I'm taking everyone's yeah. word for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's the International Sumo Championship in Hondo City, uh, Dread World Japan, and the controversial Calhab team, that's Dread World Scotland, has just arrived. There's Big Tumshi Burns, um, Hector 007 McStunner, and uh, the Tartan Cowboy Cairns. And um, Burns is a big ginger guy in a mesh top. 007's this um, old guy, you know, clearly channeling like, uh, you know, 90s era Sean Connery and so forth. And then the Tartan Cowboys, this skinny dude with a big beard and cowboy hat and stuff. <laughs> right away, the backwash from the jet they're on causes their kilts to lift up. So they cr- uh, they, uh, they flash the crowd. <laughs> and then because they didn't bring a translator, they have to borrow one from Britsit and the translator does that thing where he translates everything wrong to be insulting yeah. to um, the, the Japanese hosts. Because of that, they're set up in a room right next to the track of the bullet train, which just goes whizzing past their room at 500 miles an hour every three minutes or so. <laughs> just blasts them across the room, whatever it does. Then they're off. They endure rigid training at the uh, Sumo Heya Stable ahead of the big tournament, and then talk to press where we where Double O Shevin explains that Sean Connery was his clone father, that sort of thing, which then leads to a big fight in front of the Japanese press, and they're in the new all the newspaper and stuff. They go out to see the sights, bar and their uh, borrowed translator just continues hurling insults at everyone along the way. At a pleasure dojo, they spot the uh, the top Suno, the sumo, the Yokozuna H Wagon Kimura, who's been undefeated for seven years. When suddenly some cyber samurai Yakuza guy appears to kill Kimura. <laughs> Luckily, Cairns accidentally falls through a wall and uh, spoils their aim as the rest of the crew fight him off until Inspector Inaba from the Shimura comics uh, or series yeah. in the in the magazine. Um, appears and arrests them while telling the lads that their translator isn't helping them. 
And I like this little crossover with the other uh, Hondo Sit stories and stuff she like looks, that. She looks great in this, doesn't she? Yeah, that's a great costume, man. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That, you know, the, the, like, I feel like the Hondo judges are right at the edge of the, um, like, international judge uniform thing. <laughs> You know? Yeah, who designed it? Was it Brendan McCarthy or something like that? I'm guessing. I think I know the first series was by Frank Quitely. So he, oh, no, oh, no, no, okay. no, sorry, no, because that that's Shimura. But I'm pretty sure we saw Hondas before. And yeah, that was probably it's it's, it's got a taste to that, isn't it? Yeah, you know, pr- yeah. probably Brendan yeah. McCarthy. It's got that big, like you know, these big ovular, like the big salad bowl helmet and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. has that look. Um, yeah, sorry, you know, they all it all blends together so much. Ugh. Yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. conrad's terrible brain it's awful <laughs> um but so yeah so because their translators been messing them up they make plans for the brits in their thick scottish accents that the translator can understand and then send the brits some champagne bottles that are actually full of piss oh no <laughs> very spicy shit <laughs> The tournament's starting, and we see that uh, Judge Inaba is providing security over the objections of the chauvinist sumo bosses. They're like, oh, like, you know, women defile the sumo mat, and she's, like, jumping around on it when they aren't looking and stuff like that. It's kind of fun. Um, and the tournament begins, and the Calhabers do really good. They um, Burns has a headbutt-based technique. Uh, to win, which I looked up and learned that indeed headbutting is completely legal in sumo. So this is acceptable, oh, right. acceptable actions. And a Scottish art form as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. The Stukium, they call it there. But yeah. You know, <laughs> Glasgow, Glasgow kiss and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this, uh, Cairns is then wins against this big Russian guy via biting something it's not clear what it is except that when he says it it blows everybody off this off their feet so disturbing so ominous certainly yeah <laughs> but those brit sitters are oh, no good jerks have made a deal with the yakuza we see the Calhabers keep winning. This German guy tries to defeat the headbutt by wearing one of those like spiky World War One helmets, but they just get tossed out and the spike gets stuck in the ground. It's pretty funny. Um and in the end, um, the final is going to be Calhav versus Britsit, Ultimate Showdown. There's a grudge match in there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but on the day of the match, McStunner and Cairns have both been kidnapped by the Brits and Yakuza. They've teamed up. The the t- um, Because of that, the team is disqualified. But... Big Tumshi Burns is named by the injured Yokozuna Kimura to stand in his place in the finale Yokozuna match with the head of the British team. The Brit boss, though, we learn, is uh, taking illegal quiche, which is making him super strong. <laughs> quiche general, uh, I don't know, magazine word for drugs, I guess. It was one that I had yes. not really encountered before this point. <laughs> um, the other Calhabs managed to escape. From captivity and warn Burns about this, as we see in uh, arresting the, the Yakuza and translator, leads to a big showdown. But in the end, Burns powers up and throws the English nobleman out of the ring. Calhab triumphant. <laughs> the day's saved and all is well. And the crew heads out with the thrill of victory and making new friends. If only that dang bullet train didn't keep passing by and blowing them, they're blowing off their socks. <laughs> the end. Yep. 
you did well there. I mean, this is just a just a, a, a weird little story with Scottish stuff and sumo stuff, basically putting these two things together. Yeah, ain't ain't it weird? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's just a bizarre one, isn't it? I do think that the um, the the printing does it doesn't do it a huge favor in in certain moments. I think it's a, a bit too dark. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I would say this is this is the story that I think suffers the most from. You know the 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 muddiness of a bad scan that I feel like is our is, is our constant foe in the magazine. You yeah, know? yeah, I get you, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like and where it, just, it's a fun story, isn't it? It's just yeah. A couple of my old eyes were squinting a little bit on a couple of the moments there. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. in the scans that I've got, you get to certain thing, like especially certain like pages or, or areas, and it's just sort of like ah, like that. You know, it's it's a shame, honestly. It just sort of yeah, just doesn't look as good as as as, as I think it could if it had been sort of yeah. I think it could have been tighter. I think I think it it rattles on a little too long. Um, mm-hmm. I think if they'd have if they'd have tightened it up, um, it, it'd have been it'd have been a funnier game. Um, yeah, sort of rambles about a bit, but there's, I mean, there's some really, there's some really nice bits in it, and there's some, some bit. I'm like, okay, okay, you know, it's a bit like that. I'll, I'll struggle right. through this page, and then there'll be a nicer page after that. There's a bit of that going on, but uh, it's very of the time for me. This is how I feel about it, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know. Um, did, did you enjoy it, man? What, what would you? Yeah, say? no, I, I thought it was like, I mean. I'm all, I always struggle with some of these Scottish what like when there's Calhab things or Scottish things just because it's I feel like I'm I'm sort of groping around for the joke a little bit sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Sort of my that's my problem with like Calhab justice as well sometimes where there's sort or even some like mid face McNulty stuff, honestly, yeah. where there'll be sort of things where the joke is that, you know, here's this Scottish accent or here's this, like, you know, things about Scotland that are just, they're just stereotypes I don't have. So it's hard for me to say. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of language play. Yeah. There's a lot of um, accent play in this as well. Uh, Can I ask you a question then? Have you ever read the comic magazine Viz? I've seen it a little bit, but I haven't, I haven't read it a ton. No. Right. I'm getting you a copy when I see you next. Cause that's, that's like this, but Geordie's. Right, Newcastle. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, Geordie's stuff with the fat slags and things like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, definitely, like like I haven't read Viz, but uh, even in the pages of 2000 AD, there's definitely like where I'm I'm seeing the the reflection of of yeah. Viz enough to kind of have some vague ideas of things. You know? Yeah, Viz was massive at this point as well. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine there's you know there's there's a, there was a few issues flying about the 2000 AD offices with people chuckling at them. Well, I imagine absolutely. I mean, it's yeah. very much like like I know Big Dave, for instance, that we just finished is sort of draws a yeah. ton of inspiration from it. For instance, yeah, that's yeah, sort of that's true. Actually, I didn't think of that. Yeah, quite right. Yeah, at least just yeah. in trying to be like you know, this is the tone we're going for. That kind of stuff. Yeah, because um, Viz is a character called Big Vern. He's a sort mm. of wannabe gangster. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. You Good. Know. I'm, I'm always say, always coming at things from complicated, you know. <laughs> sort of the, but yeah. but I did think it was fun just because, like, um, you know, they introduced, you know, because because like a like like most of the stories in this, <coughs> excuse me, in this special, it's very much about sort of introducing these new characters and having them be like interesting. And so you know, they got these guys and they're sort of big and boisterous and kind of getting up to no good and stuff like that and sort of yeah. you know playing pranks and being fun. And I, and I think it does do a good job of putting that across and just kind of being like doing the thing that I love the most, I think, in all 2000 AD and, and or of all Judge Dredd things, I think, which is really leaning into how ridiculous this Dread world is, basically. 
Yeah, and, I think you're right. And leaning into that early stuff like the fatties, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Almost exactly. Leaning into the, the grotesque, but we're always with that dark humor. Yeah, you know? and very or like um, we we recently read the uh, the taxidermist in the magazine, which is sort of right. at that you know this Olympic event full of these weird future Olympic games and stuff. And just this idea of like, it's the future. Everybody's sort of devolved to this weird stereotype. <laughs> these weird yeah. stereotypes are, are involved in these weird contests and competitions and stuff. Yeah. And like it. we said, I really love seeing Inaba show up as well. I really, I like, I love, you know, it's really, it's silly, but I like when sort of characters, you know, when these crossovers happen. Yeah. Know? And I've always loved seeing judges from other cities. It's always been a sort of, I suppose it's the collector mentality in, in me. You know, I've always loved seeing the, you know, the Irish judges and the British judges and the, you know, absolutely. Sort of yeah. It's, a, it's yeah, almost like a-, a top Trump's card game, isn't it? You know, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Or just, yeah, just, just, especially when every once in a while they'll post like sort of the map of Dread's world or something and just wondering yeah. what, what the judges from X, X place or Y place looks like, you know, yeah. you know, what do the Vatican judges look like? Exactly. Know? Yeah. That what sort of thing. A, I love that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, what is a, what is a cat? What is like a, a, a judge, you know, from like madagascar look like you know is, is he a <laughs> yeah. lemur judge that kind of stuff you know yeah yeah, yeah. what do you play with on that yeah, yeah. it's good and the, the quality of the artists they had at the time like we talked about brendan and you know these sort of guys they were doing brett ewins they were doing some amazing work around that weren't they it was just mm-hmm. you know that whole cliche of what were they smoking at that time but you know it was that just beautiful stuff wasn't there going on mm-hmm. absolutely know? yeah cool i'd like to say um the next one my friend is a high point for me Oh, absolutely. I think, yeah. yeah, talking of uh, actually of a uh, classic 2080 artists, I guess we can talk yeah. about Story 5 Pandora. Scripter about Jim Alexander, art about John Hinklinton, letter about Gordon Robson. It's been a while since we've seen Hinklinton he- here on the podcast, although he's, he's coming up, he, we've got some more heavy, heavy metal dreads uh, uh, coming up. And, yeah. you know, this is very much just his classic black and white like nemesis era st- uh, uh, style of work that yeah. is really like you know its own thing entirely basically yeah i'm I, I forget about him and then i see him and i'm obsessed again you know he's that sort of eyes mm. for me yeah absolutely yeah i mean i i've I, I know i've talked a lot in the show just how hinklinton is this is such a unique artist and really put stuff out that i think if you, especially if you aren't paying attention, can maybe maybe be a little off-putting or something. But the more yeah. you look at it, it sort of, it sort of even because of that, it draws you in also, and has this level of 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 detail and craftsmanship that I think really um, is just really you know unique and disturbing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, there's a sort of instinctual bravery for me in what he does. You know, he's daring mm. you not to like it in a way. Absolutely, you know? yeah. It's very much just like. You know, this is what it is. Like, this is what I'm doing, and you know, and you look at, it, you know, it's good, but you're also like, oh man, like this makes me a little uncomfortable. Also. Yeah, yeah, and I, the the dirt of it, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. oh, it's incredibly beautiful. I I would I I would be happy enough to look at this and not even read it. You know, it's <laughs> it's just that to it, isn't there? You know, totally. and, um, and I like I like Jim Alexander stuff. You know, I think he's a good writer as well. Um, He's he's done a lot of Marvel stuff as well, you know, he's, and um, he's he's still going. He's still pu- putting stuff out, and I think, yeah, I, th- I think you're the writer is is infinitely secondary when you see this art, isn't it? Often. No, I mean you're very much, yeah, you're very much a sort of sh- sort of showing up for for Hinklinton to do yeah, his thing yeah, here. Basically, yeah. you can imagine the phone call. What do you want to do, John? 
Exactly. You know, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, like they said for uh, for Revere, where that was giving. Oh God, never mind. I forget everybody's okay. name. Terrible. My brain's broken. All right. And he's, he's kind of like the um, the um, the the bastard cousin of Kevin O'Neill, isn't he? You know, he's like the hmm. the criminal cousin of you know. Kev, I think, in a way. Um, I think it's I, – I feel like actually when you talk about like your um, your nemesis or your nemesis artists, you know, he's very much to one side of Kevin O'Neill while Brian Talbot is on the other side. Yeah, you know? I think so. Yeah. Just I'd in terms of, of like sort of two side, two different sides of, of the coin or something like yeah. that. Have you listened to that um, nemesis audio book yet? I haven't listened to any of the audio books. I, I, I should, okay. I guess, but I suppose it's wrong to call it an audio book because it's kind of a play. There, you know, there's actors right. playing it out, and um, ABC Warriors and Nemesis are my my favourite characters. Um, oh, sure, and AD, and, no, they're fun. Uh, I, I went into it with a bit. Oh, okay, absolutely loved it. Thought it was brilliant. Oh, nice. Yeah, I really loved it. Yeah, brought it all back. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. That's you know, that's such a good era that like oh, yeah. Gothic Empire era of Nemesis. So yeah, it does a does a lot of Nemesis as well. There's a big stretch through. It's a lot. Nice. I mean, these things are long, aren't they? But yeah, there's there's a lot packed in. Yeah, very good. Sorry, Matt, I interrupted no you there. Oh no, I'm I I love talk. You know, we're here <laughs> to talk about it for sure. I yeah. will say if there's if I I feel like there are some parts that feel a little rushed here. I guess okay. I can, yeah, I can see just, that. Because you just sort of see, you know, there's just so there there are some some gulfs, I guess, between certain like the detail level on certain panels and stuff yeah. like that. And I guess I'm thrown by the fact that uh, in the in this first page of the story, it seems like the judges have have see through helmets and shoulder pads and stuff. Yeah, which it's quite an effect, isn't it? And I couldn't tell if that's like be- because they're medical bay judges, so they have sort of like that's what I presumed. Like yeah. yeah, it's a sort of it's like wearing surgical scrubs, but instead they have like clear um gear or something like that. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. It's I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really I mean, it's a really cool effect if just because you gotta think that normally when you draw a judge, you aren't actually drawing the shoulders and arms and stuff that are underneath the pads, but he's definitely done that here, which I think is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a whole different dynamic going on, isn't it? Yeah. So at the uh, at the Mega City One Justice Department medical facility, a pair of judges open a smelly box with a human torso inside, and we learn there's a killer on the loose that apparently wants to be a surgeon and is sending their like these mutilated corpses in hopes of getting a certification through mail. Basically, ah, oh, see what I've done with this guy. Um, we see the man, a very John Hinklinton character, honestly, this kind of buff dude, shirtless, walking around, like sort of just with like an apron around his waist and a surgical mask cap and one of those light dealies pushing a wheelbarrow full of uh, heads and of human heads and blood, basically. Um, he comes across a woman sleeping on the streets and he grabs her and puts her into his wheelbarrow. Meanwhile, we see some judges in a cruiser, like looks kind of like a, I don't know, like a, a BMW on with big monster truck wheels or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And they're just sort of laying on, around on the job waiting to catch this perp. And one of them is in the back sleeping and on the, but on the screens, there's a bunch of uh, emergency signs going off. So these seem to be like this lady's support or something or something's going on. Sorry, I spoiled it a little bit. The surgeon arrives home to a house of horrors, just, you know, body, bones and um, like uh, jars full of eyes and stuff like that. 
and prepares to do some surgery on this lady as he talks to this big tank full of piranhas. The woman wakes up, and when she does, she just doesn't really mince any words and just starts kicking the shit out of this guy. <laughs> um, she's just beating him up with punches and kicks. And there's some really interesting things here of just like they do, like Halen does a lot of like motion lines of like her t- kick out like martial arts forms as like sort of you know the 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 path of her body dodging a blow or of a leg lifting up to kick and stuff like that. She's got bendy moves and she's targeting weak points as she fights this guy, eventually tossing him straight into his own piranha tank. And all this really leads up to what's clearly the money shot of this whole story, basically, as we see him just a fish covered hunk of broken meat on the floor on this sort of black and white checkered floor covered in water and piranhas and this dead guy as other judges burst in. And it seems that they're working with this lady who's named Pandora. The judges apologize for being late, and she just says that she's not cut up about it, because the the surgeon, you see. And they take her away in cuffs, because that's standard procedure when you're dealing with a badass Wally Squad member like Pandora. So she's like an undercover megacity judge. Oh, it's cool. This this was great, man. I could look at this all day. The- Definitely, yeah. That's where the th- that's where the money is for sure. Sorry, if my if my description's a little terse, but no, the no. art's amazing. Yeah, he 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 uses different styles within it. So if you look at page four of the story, you've got um, almost a Bernie Wrightson homage sitting there. Um, mm. You've got you know the Frankenstein book he did. You've got almost like a classically drawn line, not classic. Nothing he draws is classically drawn, is it? But you've got that that black line work, but underneath it, he's using zipper tone on that body there that makes mm. it look like something out of Oran magazine. The right? Woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. it's got a very yeah. different like like grade to like the the how it's being shaded in and stuff. Like yeah. That. So he's he's talking about what's real and what's not in these pages. It's so clever. It's so beautiful. And, and the car is just is is overly inked. You know, purposely. Yeah. So you've got this black blob in the middle of the page but it sits beneath something that you don't really think of Inglington for doing is the facial acting and on the top Mm. of page three you've got some brilliant facial acting and movement um in just between those two panels yeah just the the second panel the guy's head spinning you know and you know yeah of these judges that have been sort of narrating the scene and sort of like making making wisecracks and stuff like that yeah and they're definitely just sort of yeah you get you get a real sense that these guys are like friends and making jokes and stuff just from yeah. sort of how 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 like what their faces look like and how they're sort of interacting with each other so well done and again everything is so grotesque in this you know in a different mm. way from the sumo story we've just seen but everything is so wrong it's so wrong to look at it's the sort of thing if you looked at it sat next to a little old lady on the on the bus she'd probably give you a double look wouldn't she you absolutely know? yeah i mean that's the hinklinton style i feel like yeah. it's just the like I it's it's hard to describe it. It feels like um like just that everybody's muscles are kind of put together diff like like weirdly basically. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just sinew, aren't they? You know. Yeah, it it it's 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 almost like uh like the way that like Lovecraft talks about like non Euclidean shapes or something, but it's like okay. non Euclidean muscles. I guess I don't know. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and the, the martial arts is really well handled. Um, mm-hmm. the the movement in that panel, like you say, when she's doing the sort of martial arts form. And yeah. she, swing, she swings her foot back and then kicks him in the balls. That's so well done. That reminded me of an earlier issue of Accident Man, um, mm. one of the early stories of that. 
you know, there's that there's a real sense of movement. But we play again, they're playing with you because they they make it look like something that could be out of the deadly hands of Kung Fu, but then of course she kicks him in the nuts. Right. You know, which is back to being the magazine <laughs> in two thousand AD in crisis and all that. You know? mm-hmm. um, totally. Yeah, marvellous, man. Absolutely marvellous. The punch to the neck. You know, the two again, you've got the two styles of drawing. You've got the plain white, and then you've got the, the overly rendered neck muscles and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And just this really kind of like, you know, this moment of where she's fighting the guy, and you sort of see like he's she's sort of about to hit him, and then you see parts of his body that have these little like crosshairs superimposed on it, which sort of also kind of visually tells you that she's calculating, you know, that sort of she's identify the weak po- the weak points on his body that she'll then attack and like that you yeah. then sort of see that actualized it's really interesting and you remember this is before we had every second movie every second comic was uh you know a, a woman who can kick anyone's ass you know this this woman genuinely looks like she can do it you know yeah, well, especially with, and sort of the the final image, you kind of get like like the the last page is when you really get a good look at her, and you can tell that she's like really like heavily, you know, she's wearing this kind of like I don't know ripped evening gown kind yeah. of thing, but she's also like really like heavily muscled underneath it and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, this is something of the female bodybuilder about there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That she's sort of carrying some threat with her as well. I guess. Yeah, and then the That's last right. panel, you get a, you get her as a damaged individual. You know, the mm. way he over-renders the face there on that last panel. Right. She's, she's, there's there's a hurt going on in that face. You know, so, so lovely. I can't imagine how long it took him to do. Um, but, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Big fan. Always great to see Inklinton show up. Yeah, you know? agree, man. Definitely. It's one of those one of those ones where it sort of becomes a precious resource, you know, especially as we get further and further into the comic. Yeah. A, 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 a little, a few things left for him, sadly, I think. Yeah, yeah very sad, wasn't it? Yeah, extremely sad. Yeah, yeah. There's um, yeah, yeah, definitely health issues and things like that. Yeah, nah, nah. All right, let's finish up with our final story. Story six: Missionary Man. With another big um art debut, actually. Uh, Script about Gordon Rennie, art about Simon Davis, letting about Ellie Deville. And this is the first time we're seeing uh, Simon Davis on the podcast. We'll go on to do. All right. Okay. Yeah, a, a, a ton of stuff in comics over the years, and he's of course in real life a uh, award-winning portrait artist as well. Yeah, I think he's credited in this as SB Davis. As SB Davis, this is yeah. some of his, his very first work in comics, is my standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of his modern stuff. I have to say, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Thistlebone's got a lot of of a uh, of a uh, plaudits in in 2080 recently. Like yeah, that. And yeah, and his slain work absolutely was yeah revelatory for me. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Yeah. Definitely. This is sort of early days, but I think you can also, I mean, I don't know. I, I get a sense of sort of, again, it's, it, we're actually getting to a point where a couple of sort of guys will go on to be really long-term 2008 artists are making their debut in, okay. um, in the comic. Like Henry Flint just, just, just debuted as well. And sort of just seeing, it's, it's sort of see these guys early for where they'll, where they'll go. I guess. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and with this story is called The Undertaker Cometh, as we see a horse-drawn hearst make its way through the Radlands outside of Texas City. Um, he It's sort of entering a small town, and on the front porch of a building, a man asks the hearse driver if someone's died. And in perfect fashion, the driver pulls a gun from a holster with a pentacle on it and shoots him. <laughs> That's what they always say. Um, uh, other townsfolk runs out, run out and ask what's going on. And the man in black explains that he's a licensed bounty hunter, and the man he shot was wanted by was wanted for bail jumping, dead or alive. 
He also asks if the locals have seen men named Slim Chance or Easy Pickens. And while the the yokels don't seem to want to an, don't want to answer, two guys get very nervous and then uh, run off into the uh, start, start to run out of town. And all these, it, I didn't really look up, but a lot of these, a lot of the of, of the of, of the local yokels here have these faces that like they're very silly, like almost like silent movie western faces. Or yeah, like I was that. wondering if they were maybe sort of sitcom. UK sitcom actors or something like that as mm-hmm. well when I read it. Yeah. I yeah. could definitely see that too, just sort of these or you know, some of these these carry-on esque faces going yes, on. Very here. Much so. yeah. Like if if there was a carry-on West or something. There's a carry-on cowboy, my friend. Yeah. Oh, of course. I'm you know, yeah, yeah. listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a visitor on your shores. I don't know. <laughs> you and I are watching Carry On Screaming together uh, one day. I'll tell you that now. Yeah. Oh no, that's what I <laughs> <laughs> That's my my joke is that ev- everyone in England has their own specific way to make tea and like um which carry on film is the best one. Everyone's got their own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but so two of these guys run off. One of them has a literal stovepipe that they're using as a stovepipe hat, which is e- excellent in its silliness. <laughs> um and as they go, the man in black isn't worried. Instead, he pulls a black bullet out of a fancy bandolier, loads it into a into a pistol, and just shoots one of these guys right through the stomach. Um, he then approaches the two runners. The guy who wasn't got shot starts shooting at the man in black, and he just very easily like dodges past the gunfire. He says, he's got protection, but you don't. And then just blows this dude's head off, basically. Puts his gun in his nostril and just there's a big boom that makes it like with his eyes involved that, you know, again, just eye stuff always, always a treat. (laughs) And then the man he shot in the stomach, he just leaves to die, saying that he'll be dead by nightfall anyway. You know, the bullet I shot you killed you already. That kind of stuff. Um, The he as he returns to his hearse, some hooded figures appear and load the corpses into coffins and carry them away. As the one of the locals says, like, this ain't right. And Preacher Kane will have something to say about this. It's, of course, the name of the missionary man himself not appearing in this story. Yet. The man in black seems OK with this and sends a message to the missionary man saying that the undertaker says howdy. And he left his calling card later. The locals, along with the missionary man and his psychic res- resurrection, Joe, are looking at the sheveled corpse that was shot by the black bullet. And like he's just his head's collapsed in on itself. It's pretty gross. <laughs> he's been putrefied. Um, a doctor has examined the bullet that he dug out of the corpse and says that it's 100 percent pure poison of unknown make. Kane identifies this. Oh no, he is in this. I'm dumb. Excuse me. Yeah. Kane yeah, identifies yeah. this as a challenge. Someone throwing down the gauntlet against him. As back in the Undertaker's lair, we see rows of corpses and coffins. As the man himself talks about how fate has drawn him and the missionary man together, he says he talk and expounding on fate. He discusses that every soul has their name written on a bullet. And the Undertaker has Preacher Kane's right here. The end? In question mark. Oh, <laughs> and there's a burning hand in his in a, in a lab setup that he's got. That's pretty awesome as well. You want to be Anchorman there? <laughs> Listen, there's a question mark in there. How are people going to know? They can't read it. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm Ron Burgundy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. That's a strange one. That actually for me. It's it's a 
It's a bizarre. It's it's very obviously been early, Mister Davis. It's kind of rawer than I'm used to from him, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he uses a lot of likenesses in his work, and, and yeah, then that does show out. Yeah, I think I think it is suffering a little bit from the same problem that 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 we talked about with Samson earlier, where you go from these really detailed, you know, faces, especially that are based that are clearly sort of based on references, yeah. and things are a little rougher when you kind of get to things that are, that are drawn more freehand and not, and not, and don't have that same basis. Yeah. I think it takes you out of it a little bit, doesn't it? The shock of the real face suddenly in the middle of it. Um, I, I tell you what is the high point for this story for me is the color work. I think mm. that's done really well for this issue that has suffered so badly from printing this, um, this has must've yeah. been a lot brighter, I'm guessing at the time it was made and has dulled out enough to still have a real, gory you know horror western feel about it which works mm. i think you know i can't be sure but i really i strongly believe that like in the print shop where they were making these comics there were like there's like there was like one really good scanner and one really <laughs> shitty scanner yeah that's a good point actually. and you can really yeah. and like because literally it it can vary from story to story and to the point where you know where you can just tell that like sometimes there's just a real bad roll of the dice where there's comics where you know that really yeah. relied on color that like, that got the crappy scanner and just like you know and have, and have killed the Gotham's comic base. I feel like yeah. Richard Brooke suffers from that. Act, right? right? Okay. I've yeah, seen yeah. the I've seen pictures of the original art from that, and it's like a revelation in comparison to what you get in the Meg. Yeah, it's a weird one because if you look at the cover image of Dread, um, his his left arm is is too dark. It, to the point where you can't really make out what's going on there. But if you open the cover and look at the same image, which is um, also used on the, um, the introduction. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, can make clearer. out more fine details yeah. and stuff. You would think yeah. that should be the opposite way around. I yeah. swear. Yeah, li- literally, I swear to God, it's just like this <laughs> yeah, you know, print shop they're using. Yeah. There's just nothing they can do. Something like that. It must be. One just had coffee spilled on it once and no one did anything about it or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no one noticed, you know. Yeah, got to get it out. Got to get it out. Which I kind of, I kind of dig. I know that they, they got to get him out the door, and they, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. There you go, man. But Thank I, you yeah. for that. And I, I like this one especially, just as sort of more than a lot of the other ones because you know it is based around an existing story. I just like this one sort of being put in place. You know, it is setting up a possible confrontation between an existing character and a new one. Yeah, and stuff like it's that. It's a nice, almost like pre-credit Bond scene. Is Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 the cold open for a t- for a show or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, like here's yeah, things definitely. that are going to happen. Yeah, and so yeah, so that's the last story. The special ends with uh, information for the call in and, and the numbers to call. It'll cost you between thirty nine and forty nine pence per call, depending on when you do it. I guess they say you know thirty nine p for cheap rate or something. Vagaries yeah. of nineties British telephone phonery. Get the commission of the bill player, which was a line that was much used on television at the time. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. get get your parents' permission before calling was always the big one in, for yeah. nine hundred numbers in the states as well. Absolutely, <laughs> that uh, a, a, a different time, you know, nine hundred numbers like the, in the states. It was sorry with, with nine hundred. Now it's always like a big like. Yeah, yeah, we had something called 0898, which was always sort of used to ring up and speak to a saucy lady. Not that I ever did, Conrad, but that was the idea of it, I think. And it, uh, it allegedly they cost like 500 pounds a minute. So, you know. Woo. This is yeah. the judgment free podcast for the record. <laughs>
Lest I be judged. Jesus Christ. All right. And then the special ends with a montage of the six new characters introduced in the special, as well as Dredd himself, of course, by Simon Davis. Great. Really like it. A a little bit um, strangely lacking movement to the border of the page. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Um, The watercolor seems to end in variously different stages of completion, but I actually like that. I really liked it. It had a 2000 AD meets a corner box feel to me. Mm, Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, yeah, I I think it's neat. And I always, you know, I don't know. There's a part of me, I I think like we were talking about actually with, um, (laughs) with like dread top trumps. I love seeing different artists versions of of the same character and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting seeing Davis do some of these other guys, especially Karen actually. Cause I, I guess, from the way Salmon draws her, I would not have guessed that she was a redhead. <laughs> yes, we get. Yeah, it's hard to work out who that is, isn't it? Yeah, and he definitely knew the lady he drew Pooh's Pandora. Mm-hmm. He definitely knew her, didn't he? That's that's yeah. the lady he knows. Yeah, because it's, it's so it's so so detailed, and striking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All yeah, right. Cool. So here we are at the end of the special. Before we talk about our our top and bottom stories, I guess we can talk about the results. I would like to know how you think things shook up, shook out between these six stories in the phone in the phone poll. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is not me, but I think I'm guessing um the first one, the winner is going to be Missionary Man. That's my mm-hmm. guess. Um I think probably Karen came bottom. Mm. There I, I, I think. What, what do you think about that, man? Yeah, no. I mean, I'll I'll tell you that that you're absolutely right about Karen. Um, okay. All right. Okay. So, like, like I said, the results were published in issue 58 of the Meg of Volume Two. There were yeah. 700, and, the, and and they give a good breakdown, which I appreciate. There were 760 and 65 votes in total. Cool. Something they call out in their analysis that I also think is really interesting is that um, the Comics in color did way better than the comics in black and white. Okay, right. So, top winner was Culling Crew with bloody uh, hell thirty five point eight percent of the vote. So, two hundred seventy four votes total. Wow. Yeah, and apparently from the they in the article they talk about how it was a it it was the early leader and 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 led the whole way pretty much. All right. And for where are where are they they now? I don't believe there'll be or there there won't be a culling crew like series or story coming out in the Meg. But the lady from it will soon appear in a dread novel, also written by Dave Stone, called uh, oh, Wetworks, boy. one of those dread virgin dread novels. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then. This lady will appear in also his story, uh, Armitage, which is also, you know, a right. Brit sit. Sorry. But she'll appear in that in, I believe, the early 2000s. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it took a while almost, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sort of one, one brewing in the background. Yeah. Um, second place was Missionary Man. Okay. And apparently was a late, com- like, like had a surge late in the, in the voting, but not enough. Um had 250 votes, so 24 less than Culling okay. Crew for 32% yeah. total. And um, the Undertaker character will appear in the Meg in a two of our episodes time, so maybe like in the mid-60s of the of the Meg. Okay, yeah. Um, next one, like I said, uh, the color ones were, were the top three, so uh, Sumos and Sporans got 122 votes, or 15% of the total, which I, and, and I don't think comes back in any form. Yeah. Um, Pandora got 60 votes, so 7%, so half of what Sumo's got. Wow. 
Um, but that one is the story from this spe- that from the special that'll go on to have the most installments. Um, it'll have a bunch of chapters in the magazine, and or, or, or no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking about Karen. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Pandora yeah. will be in the mag though. It'll have a five issue run in early 1995 with with Hinklin's on art. Cool. Um, yeah. Next is the Dread story. They got 31 votes, so 4% total, and I don't think we'll see this Melvin character again. And then Karen, <laughs> like you said, came in last, 28 votes, not very many overall, oh, yeah. 3.7%. And it is the one that will have the most play um, going forward. Yeah. Um, like, it was quick to print, actually, soon after the special, like, the issue of the magazine you know, in the episode before this had the first installment of Karen with the same creative team and stuff like that. There'll be a bunch more installments and it'll even make the jump to the, uh, to the progs at, at, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good on him. Though the art style, you know, eventually they move to different art styles and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's surprising, man. What, what would have been your favorite? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess... I guess I'd probably say Missionary Man because I like how it um, built on characters I knew and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was just sort of doing that. And I think Pandora is really interesting just because, you know, I'm I'm a Hinklinton fan as well. And I feel yeah. like, again, sort of undercover Wally Squad stuff is an interesting dread topic that is not at this point, at least is definitely not done enough in the uh, in, 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 in right. the page of the Prague magazine. Yeah. Because sometimes it's done humorously isn't it or with a dark humor this mm-hmm. this there's a definite darkness yeah i think this which i really liked you know yeah i think doing it seriously could be an interest yeah is an interesting take for yeah. sure on that stuff just because you know i'm a i'm such a sucker for like mega city one and like right like pete like not mega city one but not judge stuff i guess like yeah. sort of the people in mega city one what it's like to live there you know what the citizens do all the time and stuff like that and so yeah you know, yeah being that. undercover and and things i think is an int- is just a a way to get into those stories and that kind of look and like that yeah agreed yeah yeah okay i think for me it would be um pandora obviously i think it was mm-hmm. by a country mile would have been the, my favorite um with probably mystery man second um, nice yeah yeah. So I guess then we can yeah go to top and bottom story. So I, I guess you've got Pandora as your as your top here. Yes. Yeah. Um, least favorite shows um, how I don't understand the public at all would be um, Culling Crew. Mm. Um, although I, do, I did appreciate it a bit more when I figured out the gag. But uh, um, yeah, probably bottom. I just um, I don't know. It just reminds me of some of those comics that I wasn't vibing on at the time. I suppose from a nostalgia point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's the only reason. And I look, and I feel like, especially because of how how it did in the poll, it feels like of its time in an interesting way. I yeah, guess. it does. Yeah, it very much does. Yeah, when you think we had, you know, the end of rave culture, and you know, Britpop mm-hmm. was on the rise, and you know, that cool, that sort of, you know, girl power thing was going on. You know, like that, like uh, stuff like that. Yeah, Riot Girl aesthetic yeah. of the early nineties. Yeah, early the sort 90s. of slightly punkish, rebellious kind of thing. You know. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can see why. Yeah, thinking about it now, you say that I can think. I see that's why. Yeah, it's 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 weird to put ourselves in the in the minds of this of I get well, I guess honestly of love like of like ourselves thirty years ago. Yeah, you know? it's weird yeah. to think about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's yeah. an interesting experiment, man. I'm I'm in a way. I, I remember when I think I sent you an email saying it's not quite as good as I remembered it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I kind of, I've read this now, I think four or five times. And, mm. um, 
the examination of it is interesting and also you find things in it you don't realize i mean a lot of the stories mm-hmm. here you, you really have to read to figure out what's going on and some mm-hmm. of them all due respect to the sumo story is something of a chore yeah <laughs> read it it took me a couple it's of a, times to get all the way through it's, that it's one, a it's know. surprisingly dense for something that's mostly about fat jokes you know <laughs> yeah, yeah it really is, isn't it that's exactly what it is i suppose that maybe that's the uh the meta point that we're missing you know mm. yeah 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 um yeah, it's an interesting one, man. Um, yeah, and I, I very much enjoyed that walk back through because it is a time capsule of the time. Absolutely, yeah. It's very much, you know, there's, I mean, so few of these stories are collected. I think just the Karen story is actually. Um, right. And it just, like, I, 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 I'm sure I've, I've said so many times that people are sick of it now, but it feels like it's for its time and sort of made for its time. Like, it's not. Yeah, of course, it's, as it should be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not thinking about like longer term stuff. It's more just like you know here, like and, and, and I think I think interestingly for this era too is that they're really they are really trying to get something that appeals to readers at the time. You know, like that's the you know the idea of, of having the poll is sort of like you know maybe even because it seems like they've already made up they, they've definitely made their minds up as to what they're commissioning and what they aren't. I think because. Yeah. You know, it goes back to throughout throughout the history of 2008 when Pat started it. He was doing stuff that, you know, was echoing what was going on at the time with, you know, um, all all the stories really in that first issue. Um, You know, you had the Dollar Man and, you know, this sort of thing going on, didn't you? He was looking to see what was popular and, you know, replicating it in a comic that was a disposable medium. And I wonder if we're seeing here with this sort of period of the 90s, some of the last knockings of the disposable comic. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I think so, honestly. Yeah. Because. Because I mean, because we're less for 2000 AD, but I mean, definitely by, by 94, this is when this is like the boom part of what will eventually be the big crash of the 90s in like American comics, you know, yeah. the idea, you know, putting things out to specifically be collectible, right? Sort of, yeah. you know, having seven covers, having, you know, constantly having number ones just to sort of you know, pump numbers with yeah. that buy for people who are going to save them and stuff like that. We had, we had that when we're not that many years away from, is it one year away from the death of Superman and the speculator market just imploding? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. it's, it's, you know, the, the roller coasters on its way up until you kind of get to that kind of late nineties, big crash and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and so, yeah. And I, I'll say also to get a little bit more heady about it, maybe, but it's also sort of getting towards the end of like the monoculture as well, you know, of sort of being able to say like, well, here are the things people like, you know, or sort of trying to put this thing together, being like, well, here's some stuff, you know, a couple different story concepts that people, you know, that that we know people will vaguely like, and let's see which one they like the most. And even if that's not steering like specifically what they're ordering for the comics, you know what they'll you know i i think it does inform sort of what they'll be looking you know to ask people to, to them in as well I think it's yeah an interesting yeah. period yeah and there's no like hicklington aside there's and you know simon hadn't really found his feet at that point there's no real superstars in this comic are there Mm-mm. from a creator creator point of view De- definitely not in the era but i mean that's a, that's yeah. honestly pretty common for a lot of the specials a lot of specials have like yeah some like like the test comic that they ask people to put together or something like that you know it's a lot yeah. of people's first appearances and literally sometimes like their first submissions honestly um yeah yeah 
Like that, that, that totally. It is sort of halved because they just want need to, you know, because the special is more about just selling the special than really like, you know, yeah. doing yeah, something specific point. with the special. You know? Yeah, I've had a couple of friends who've tried out for 2018 in the 90s and, you know, they're, they're sort of laboriously telling me about every panel they drew on it. And then a couple of months later or maybe a year later, I'll see the same story told by someone else appearing in the prog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's like that, this, uh, yeah. the, the thought bubble thing, right? Where they give everybody, yeah. give all the artists the same future shock and sort of see how they do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. I really like the, I really like treatments of those things. I think it's really fascinating to see how different people work from the create yeah. v- very different things from the same script. I saw one for, that was like a, it was like a one pan, it was like a one page, like Superman cartoon or, or, or comic. Right. And there were like 20 different artists did it. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. And it shows the, it shows the beauty of collaboration as well. There's nothing a lot of time that yeah i think Uh, for for my top and bottom i might agree with you i definitely like i'll put pandora on the top i thought it was pretty good yeah um and again love seeing hinklinton just being crazy basically yeah yeah he goes off on one on this doesn't he he really yeah Yeah. and i think i've made my sort of you know some of the hesitations i i i have with steve sampson's art as well sort of (laughs) well known and this felt i mean of its time, but sort of both to its benefit and and to its and to its detriment. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So a couple of those stories went on too long as well. I think. Uh, man, you know, I feel like I've just been brain poisoned by 2000 AD now because if anything's more than like six pages, yeah. I just start. I start getting real tired. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> just like <laughs> okay, you know, it's like when it's like if you watch a movie and you don't know what, how long it's supposed to be, but you've walked into like Avatar or something. So it's like a three yeah. hour movie. You're like, oh no, what's happening? Well, well, being a, a, a recent user of, you know, apps, you know, comic reading apps, the that's the problem with that as well. You're scrolling through a comic and it's not like you've hold, you're holding it in your hands. Right, you, you, know, you, know, you, you can't get a sense of how, how far you have to go. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. I know definitely a moment that I mean that it's it's true that there, there was a, a moment that Culling Crew story where I think they they like they I think when they got to the sexy church actually where <laughs> I was like oh my god how long is this <laughs> yeah I know yeah I know me too yeah yeah I was Just, almost I was almost pleased when we got that big that big single page splash of her blowing the spaceship up I thought I'll right. speed through this one my friend come on yeah, buddy yeah. let's go <laughs> got things to do yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic oh man all right a little bit of slander at the end that's yeah, what's important that's all right that's okay. and i uh, and i hope everybody enjoyed the show as always you can find big meg one on itunes tish google play store spotify or a podcast site big meg one.com contact us big meg one at gmail.com on the 2084 missouri facebook or twitter pages all those big meg one with one spelled out and you'll find us and drop us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening to us suggest to somebody looking for a podcast that word o mouth this show is brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardingham, and your friends at the 2080 Forums. If you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Cradaline. That's our podcast network. You can support the show, get advanced episodes. Tony, where can we find your endeavors online? Easy, mate. Just go to neverironanything.com. You can find all the links there. Fantastic. Highly recommended. Can't Thank stress you, it enough. Very Love your comic. You know, Atomic Hercules. It is good. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> And then come back next time as we clear the decks for the start of the Wilderlands event uh, with returns for Britsit, Brute, and Heavy Metal Dread as we finish off Anderson, Harmony, and Karen in one fell swoop. And until then, I'm Goddard right there, Tony Esben, and we are Big Mac One. Drag it. Yeah.